2 Timothy chapter number 2, interested in the first three verses of that chapter. Second Timothy chapter number 2. Let's stand together for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message tonight. The Word of God says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to be faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you a while on this thought, God's replenishing grace. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we do count it an honor and a privilege to be in your house tonight. Lord, we pray that you will lead us, guide us, direct us in every word that's said and everything that's done. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for what you do for us here this evening in your house. Lord, I pray that you'd give us utterance to speak unto your people. Give us wisdom to relay the scripture. Illuminate our mind with that that needs to be remembered tonight. Lord, that we would all leave saying it's been good to be in your house. And Lord, we'll just love you. Thank you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. A little boy one time saw a commercial on TV for a particular detergent. And he went to buy some so he could give his cat a bath. And uh, the grocer said, uh, Son, that's too strong for that cat. It's liable to kill it. And the little boy Bought the soap anyway, and a few days later the boy came back through the store, and the grocer said, Well, how's your cat? And the boy said, He died. And the grocer replied, Well, boy, I told you not to wash that cat in that detergent that's liable to kill him. I told you about that. And the boy stared at him and said, Oh, oh it wasn't the soap that got him, sir. It was the spin cycle. <laughs> He'd put that cat in the washing machine, I reckon, huh? But have you ever had those times in your life when you felt like you were stuck in the spin cycle? Yeah. In other words, going around and around like you are chasing your tail and you never could get anywhere? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that way myself. The local church is the family of God uh, uh, meeting together for fellowship, meeting together for worship, and meeting together for service. It's a place to grow in grace when we meet here at the house of God. Here in the scriptures as we've read, Timothy, you'll find out, was a son in the faith. Paul was preparing him for the battle. He was preparing him to grow in grace, knowing that the battles would be sure and that the battles would be plentiful. His need was to grow in grace. God's replenishing grace. His grace, first of all, tonight replenishes our strength. His grace replenishes our strength, our strength for service. Often in this busyness of life, a service for God is the first thing that's cut out. I don't understand that. 
Uh, usually when everything gets real busy and, and, and we've got everything going on with the family and we've got the, our jobs doing this and our jobs doing that, why is it that God has to take the back seat to everything else? Well, why does our God have to be put on the back burner? Or why does our service uh, have to falter because we are uh, busy about uh, our everyday needs? Uh, for I still believe the Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, He's to be the center point of my life. He is to be the focal point of my service. Often in this busyness of life, God is the first thing that's cut out. It's just like tithing our income. When things get tight, why is God the first one that's cut out? It should, uh, a lot of people's lives, it should be their cable TV or their pack of cigarettes, but it ends up being God's tithes. Being the first thing that's cut out. Uh, that, that, that baffles me, and I, uh, listen, I, I've had times of, of knowing that, uh, you know, it'd be hard to make it the next payday and, uh, and to pay the next bill, but my wife will tell you she keeps up with all the money and the finances of, uh, of ours that we have, and our bank account, it all goes in together. She'll tell you the very first thing that comes out each and every week is our tithes, no matter what bill is due. Amen. And guess what? God's never failed us. We've always made the bills. We've always made them on time. Never been late. God is our strength. He'll replenish your strength for service. There in the scripture again, let's read it again together. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Those words be strong in grace means that uh, he has a need to grow in grace. Grace is an all-inclusive word for the power and gifts of the Spirit. Hebrews 12 and 28 says, Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And in those scriptures, he also mentions us for us to endure hardness. This means to suffer evils. In other words, uh, you're going to have troublesome times that come your way, but don't let it... Uh, Deter you away from what you're doing from, for God. Amen. That's very important in the times and the days in which we live in. I wonder how many people probably woke up Monday morning or even thought Sunday night, you know, we'll never go back to church again anywhere because we're afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. I guarantee you there's somebody in Spartanburg County that used that as an excuse of never going back to church again anywhere. Uh, because a, a gunman uh, broke down the door of a local church and, and went in and done what he did. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, there's some people out there, the devil will use that as an excuse. We'll never go into the house of God again. Amen. Folks, it could happen anywhere, but there are few and far between, and I thank God that it is. Amen. Yeah. 
James 5 and 10 says, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Listen, we've got to keep on going for the Lord and He'll replenish your strength by His grace. Amen. You just got to hold on. He'll replenish your strength for suffering. When we're fearful, the Bible tells us, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I seen this illustration the other day and it worked well into the message tonight. It really is just a such statement. One sentence. Think about this. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. Yeah. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. And what that means is, uh, if you're worried all about tomorrow, you can ruin today. If you're worried about what's going to happen later on this week, uh, you won't be able to get nothing done today. My, my. I've seen many Christians face unbelievable circumstances with a strength, with a strength and power from God and from God only. Folks, you know, I was, I was, I was listening to another preacher the other day and he made a good point. He says, listen, you know when you're gonna die? When God gives you dying grace. That's when you'll die. And I got to thinking about that. Dying grace is different than any other kind of grace. Dying grace. I mean, we're all sitting here tonight. We're saying, we don't want to die. We all want to go to heaven, as the old saying goes, but we don't want to necessarily be on the next train load out. We want to hang around as long as we can. That's just the flesh, I guess. But boy, what a statement. You're not going to die until God can give you that dying grace for you to handle it. And listen, the Lord will give you that grace. When we're fearful, He'll give you strength in the midst of your fear, in the midst of your suffering. When we're weary, listen, we get tired. Jesus Christ Himself got tired. Jesus got hungry. Jesus Himself felt the pain of the nails going through His hands. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I just need a little more grace each and every day that I live to help get me to the end of my journey, and I know everything's going to be all right. We're going to get a little more grace as we get closer to the grave. We're going to get a little more grace when we go through those troublesome times of life. When those difficult decisions come that you have to make, God will give you that grace that you need. It's a replenishing grace. You may not have that grace all the time. When you have to sit there over a loved one and you have to make a decision of whether you're going to keep them mechanically alive or if you're going to pull the plug or not, God will give you grace to make that decision. God can give you that grace when you're fearful, when you're worried, and when you're weary. We can be replenished by grace. A father and son were shopping. The son carried a basket and the Father placed many items in it as they was walking through that store. 
A lady said, that's a pretty heavy load for a young fellow like you, isn't it? The little boy said these words. He said, ma'am, don't worry. My dad knows how much I can carry. Guess what? Your father, which is in heaven, knows how much of a load you can carry. He's not going to put so much on you that you'll not be able to bear it. He'll give you the grace to go through it. When you lost your wife, God gave you the grace to go through it. Sister, when your husband was sick and in the hospital and those numerous hours, you and your daughter was up there, listen, the entire time, God gave you grace at that time to get through it. The sicknesses, Brother T.C., that you had, God gave you all the grace to get through it. Troubles, turmoils, trials, and tribulations, God gives us the grace to get through it. He replenishes it to us to where we can make it through. The little boy said, my daddy knows how much I can carry. My father in heaven knows exactly how much load I can carry. And when it starts getting too heavy, he'll remove it from me. Let me rephrase that. He's not going to let it get too heavy. Amen. Amen. He's going to give me grace. Give me grace to continue to go. His grace replenishes our strength. But number two, His grace replenishes our spirit. How is your spirit tonight? Replenishes our spirit from Doubt to faith. Sometimes we'll go in life and and we'll have doubts and we'll we'll doubt God and we'll doubt God in His power. We'll doubt God when when we're praying to have a prayer answered. We'll, We'll doubt Him. We'll doubt Him. I was reading an Old Testament story just the other day. And it was about Jonathan in the Old Testament. And he was leading the army against the Philistines. And everybody was doubting. They're like, look, there's too many. We cannot go over there. We can't defeat them. There's giants over there. There's big Philistines everywhere. We're outnumbered. We're completely surrounded. But Jonathan said... Just maybe, just maybe, that's in the Bible. He said, just maybe our God will help us. He had faith of knowing that God had the ability to take care of His children, the children of Israel. And you know what? We have been saved by His grace. We've been engrafted into the family. We've got royalty running through our bloods. We're part of God's children. It's not just limited to the, to the Jews. It's just not limited limited to the Hebrew. Listen, I'm telling you, He grafted us in by His blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. His grace will replenish your spirit from doubt to faith. You know, I've, I've gave this illustration before. You know, how many times would we go and pray if we knew that the 25th time we prayed, God would answer it? The way we wanted Him to answer. 
How do we know that it's not going to take a little extra prayer and a little extra effort to pray that a more will get saved off of that old rugged cross? How do we not know that if we pray just a little bit more uh, that God's going to send us the debt relief that we need uh, to pay this building off? I about got excited this morning. I got an email. Somebody donated online. I said, praise the Lord. I'm going to thank God for it. Amen. Even if it was just $100, I praise God for it. And they, 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 they punched it through to put it to Bible buddies. They provide Bibles for children. I said, well, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, well, listen, uh, uh, how do we know uh, that God will not work on our behalf uh, to make things happen? To allow things to get done around the house of God. God will supply us those things. From discouragement to hope. The Bible tells us, uh, and now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Anxiety brings a lot of people down. The great preacher George Mueller said these words. He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. In other words, the beginning of worry is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Anxiousness. Worriness. Go from discouraged to a hope. Folks, people can be discouraged in times of sickness. People can be discouraged if a, uh, when a family breaks up and, and nothing bothers me like seeing the anguish in a child's heart uh, when a home is broken apart. Amen. Coming from a single parent home, I know what it's about. Being raised practically by grandma and grandpa, I know what it's about. Brother, you know what it's about. But you know, it's got to be even worse when there's a mom and dad in the, in the family in the beginning in that child. And as the child begins to grow and then all of a sudden the home's broken all to pieces. Yeah. There's got to be a heartache there. There's got to be some type of a feeling of remorse of not wanting it to happen, but it does. And you know, they probably begin to question God. Why am I in this situation? God will replenish your strength. God will replenish your supply. That's number three. God supplies forgiveness by His grace. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What did the Jehovah Witness do with that scripture? What did the Mormons do with that scripture? Did they tear it out? Do they tear it out because they say you got to work yourself there? Not according to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved. He'll replenish your supply of grace for that forgiveness. The forgiveness of... Christ offers, allows God's righteous demands to be met. He is righteous in forgiving us because a price has been paid. 
not far from New York City, there was a cemetery where there was a grave which was inscribed upon the headstone, just one word. There wasn't a date of birth. There wasn't a date of death. There wasn't a name on it. It was just a tombstone over a tomb, a grave, if you will, someone in that grave, and just one thing wrote upon the tombstone. One word, and that one word was forgiven. That must be the greatest thing that can be said of any man or woman written on their gravestone. Forgiven. The stone was undecorated. There was no epitaph. There was no eulogy. There was no dates of death, dates of birth. Just one word. Forgiven. That ought to make you feel good tonight. Knowing that you forgive. God supplies help by His grace. There used to be a song out, a real good song. It'll move your heart. It says, sometimes the Lord calms the storm, and sometimes He calms me. In the midst of the storm, if He doesn't tell the storm to be still, He'll calm you. Boy, isn't that wonderful to know tonight? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace is by which the soul is supported after it has received this mercy and by which it is purified from all unrighteousness and upheld in all trials and difficulties and enabled to prove faithful unto death. He supplies all of our needs. God does not always remove the trials. He does not always remove the struggles of life, but He always supplies the need. No matter what the need is, Sometimes it's all about wants, you see. Sometimes uh, we get into a situation in life and, and boy, we'd really, really like to have this or we'd really, really like to have that. But you get to thinking, you know, just can't afford that yet. We've got other needs instead of wants. And then it's just like God supplies all your needs And you know what? Sometimes He goes ahead and supplies our wants too. Isn't that great? Doesn't happen all the time. And sometimes we're allowed to go through struggles in life because it's going to make us a better individual. A better Christian. One that can serve the Lord more because of the trials that we go through. I made some comments the other week about bees. And I also read a similar comment about a moth. Story goes and speaks of a boy who had a cocoon of a moth in a box in his room. When the moth began to break out of the cocoon, the boy noticed how the moth struggled 
And in an effort to help him, he reached down and widened the opening of the cocoon. Thought he was helping the moth come out of hibernation. But as the boy watched, he noticed that the wings remained shriveled up. Something was wrong. The boy had not realized the struggle was necessary for the mall's muscle system to develop. And in an attempt to relieve the struggle, the boy had crippled the future of the creature. Trials are necessary for growth. But we've got to have the grace replenished to us to bring us through those trials. Folks, you may go through something in 2012 that you never, ever thought you would go through. I'll be honest with you, nothing surprises me anymore. I can't be surprised by many things anymore. Because of, of the society in which we live in and everything goes, instamatic microwave living that everybody takes part in, you can't be surprised at anything. Anything can happen. But His grace is still sufficient. His grace replenishes our strength when we grow weary and when we grow weak. His grace replenishes our spirit when spiritually we begin to falter and we begin to fail. It's His grace that brings us back to where we need to be. It's His grace that uh, watches over us and protects us. and It's God's riches at Christ's expense. As the acronym goes, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. A more formal definition is unmerited favor. In other words, we're getting favor tonight, Brother Charles, that we do not deserve. Amen. Favor from God, and we don't even deserve it. Yeah. That's like your mom or your daddy coming along and said, Boy, I'm going to go ahead and give you this $2 to go get you an ice cream, although you've been mean as a snake this week. Yeah. That father showed that little boy grace. Unmerited favor. He didn't earn it. He didn't earn it. One time I was at my papa's and nanny's house and papa was cutting wood. And all papa wanted me to do was help load up wood on that little old cart and pull it with that riding lawnmower. Pull it up to the front of the house and stack that wood and help him stack it for the winter because winter was coming. I said, okay, Papa, I can do that. And he, say, he said, I'll pay you. I said, well, I can really do that. Because <laughs> Nanny was always taking us to Belks, but we'd always stop at Kmart on the way. And we'd always stop at Kmart on Pine Street down there when it was there. And Nanny would always slip and buy me something. She'd always buy me a little toy, but she really didn't like to buy me a whole lot of stuff there at Kmart. She'd rather buy me something over at Belk's because Nanny had a Belk's credit card. God bless her heart. When she died, I ain't no telling how much she owed. Papa had to pay off. Bless her heart. 
But it didn't matter if I needed a shirt or a pair of pants or what. She would pick me up a pair of pants, brand new belt and a shirt. Yeah. Is what Nanny would do. But as I, I had never driven a riding lawnmower before. You got to think about it. I was only about 10, 11 years old. Over there at the other grandparents' house, I pushing the lawnmower. But over at Nanny's and Papa's, they had a riding lawnmower. And then keep in mind, that's all I had to do was transport that wood in that little old cart that was pulled behind that lawnmower from back there in the back of the yard up to the front of the house to where he could easily walk out on the porch, throw the wood on the fire to keep the old stove running. Well, first time I got on that lawnmower, it didn't end up too good. Instead of going forward, I went backwards right into a tree. And back then, Rick, that lawnmower, it was a craftsman. Papa didn't buy nothing unless it was from Sears and it was a craftsman. It was a craftsman lawnmower and I busted the whole rear end out of that thing. It was fiberglass just like a car would and it just broke it all to pieces. I felt so bad. Needless to say, I was out of the driving business. I loaded the wood and I unloaded the wood while he drove. But as we was going down the road to Kmart, he handed me three $1 bills and said, here, you at least done this much work. Made me kind of feel bad that he gave me anything because I knew he was going, knowing Papa, he was going to get him some bondo at the store and fix it himself. He's one of them that can fix anything. Doesn't matter what it was. He's going to fix it. Yeah. He didn't have to go. Listen, he had his one of his cars. He had an old Monte Carlo Supersport, probably a 70-something model. He had that thing running off water. I kid you not. He had it running off water. It was mixing in with the gasoline. And he was just telling me how many miles a gallon he was getting on that Monte Carlo Supersport. He had it rigged up. I seen it. He showed it to me. He had a jug of water under the hood. And it was pulling so much water with the gasoline and he was somehow making it work and taking his miles per gallon a little further. I felt bad about taking his money. Three dollars is all it was. Back then, you know, I was a little snobby-nosed young and so I was like, three dollars. Boy, I worked my rear end off and Got three dollars. But you know what? I didn't deserve the three dollars. He showed me grace by giving me that because it was going to cost him a lot more than that to fix that lawnmower. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ done for all of us. He didn't have to save us, but He did. He didn't have to go to the cross of Calvary, bear the nails, the scars, and, and, and drain the blood. Didn't have to take on the cross, but He did. Amen. And the Bible says, For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm a whosoever. Yeah. In other words, I was one of them that God showed grace to. But God doesn't stop with His grace once you get saved. He continues to replenish it for the need, the time, and what you need it for. Amen. He continues to help you. Amen.
You stand tonight. If you've got a need, this altar is open as they come get us a song of invitation and play for just a few moments tonight. Let's pray together. I do encourage you to continue to come. Listen to these series on grace for the race that will help you. Been working on them for some time and looking at several things, trying to prepare some sermons for you to where it will help you grow in grace. And I hope that's what we do. Most of these lessons will come on Wednesday night. So y'all get the good stuff. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today, tonight in this sanctuary, Lord, that needs a little bit of grace replenished to their life to where they can make it another mile of the journey. God, I pray that you'd give them the grace that they would need. Lord, we know that you know that you won't allow our load to get too heavy. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for that unmerited favor. Blessing this invitational time. In Christ's name we do humbly ask. Amen. Amen. And amen.